Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out-of-this-world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Have you been experiencing a little bit or a lot of bit of stress? Because I know like everybody I'm talking to is experiencing some level of stress. And a lot of people are experiencing like chronic stress and repeated stress. And they're like, why can't this go away? And why can't I change it? And oh my Jesus, this is bad. Yeah, it is. We're actually going to talk a lot today about, um, first of all, we need to define stress and also different kind of categories of stress, as well as looking at, um, in terms of stress, also what the difference between stress and trauma is because they're different and that trauma can be, you know, trauma can definitely lead to ongoing stress and stress can lead to like a traumatic response in the body. They can, they can actually cohabitate you can say um, in your body so we're going to look at all of that what are those things and how do we start to change them so if you've never listened to this show before the pleasure zone we talk about all things pleasure bodies related all things about how how do we have more pleasure in our life with especially with our bodies with sex generally we talk about that we will be adding a little sex talk in today as well but i think on so many levels, there's just so much stress that so many people are feeling like very low libido, they're having massive headaches, they're having all kinds of different things that are going on in the body that is not having them feel very sexy. So last week's show, if you listen to the show regularly, I talked a lot about how to build your skills. So we're kind of on a trend right now of like how to kind of get your sexy back, but in different ways, building some skills, relieving stress. And of course, we're going to keep on moving forward with those things Some other physical things. We've got some shows coming up about endometriosis, especially um, if you have a uterus that has ever had endometriosis, that show will be for you. So lots lined up. So what is actually, what is stress, right? So stress is defined as a situation that triggers a particular biological response. So if you, if your body perceives a threat, whether it's like a fire or a car coming at you, you're going to have a chemical surge in your body. Chemicals and hormones are going to surge through your body to make sure that you have the fight or flight response going on so that you can get yourself out of out of this situation that is stressful stresses actually are a survival mechanism so i think a lot of us i think we've used the term a lot we've used um we've used the term a lot and we've kind of overused it we've used it in ways that's like ah, it's like we've we've said Oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. I'm so, we need to like stop and consider, are we, are we stressed? Are we making stress wrong? 
And, and are we just reiterating, are we, when we're saying I'm stressed, you're actually invoking that energy of, oh, I'm stressed. So and instead you could be like, hmm, now that my body is healed equals, oh, joy and fun and play. Oh, cool. So we often don't remember to stop, meditate, breathe, eat some decent food. We, we often don't do that. But stress is actually a survival mechanism. Without it, all of our stress responses that are fight or flight have been why we have society continue to exist. Whether it was cavemen running away from saber-toothed tigers, or whether it was you know, your ancestors way back who escaped from different war situations because everybody who's alive now has an ancestor that survived something or you wouldn't be here. So we actually have an accumulation of understanding of, of stress response in our body. You know, we, whether we have carried it on, now this is my thoughts on it, is that, you know, we kind of pass on not just genetic material, but we also pass on genetic memories, I think. I don't have any proof for that. It's just a hypothesis. Now, there may be proof for it out there. I haven't looked for it. But if we, if we do, as a thought, as a, as a consideration, if we actually can uh, pass on information about how to alleviate stress, then, you know, we can look at some different things historically that people did to alleviate stress in our bodies. And we can look at all the ways that so many of our ancestors survived stress so that we could exist, you know? I can't remember how many it is. It's something like if you go back 100 generations, you have something like a billion ancestors. I can't remember. It's insane, but you're basically related 100, um, you know, 100 of those uh, uh relatives back you're related to some of like the the big wigs of uh wartime like you're probably related somehow to genghis khan, genghis khan you're probably somehow related to to uh, alexander the great combinations thereof like if we go back we are related to all the great warriors who survived i believe uh when you think about it logistically it's kind of fascinating so how do we use stress as not just a survival mechanism, but how can we look at our stresses and turn them around to alleviate them, to turn on our bodies, to be able to have pleasure? So stress can be incredibly helpful. And if we don't know how to deal with it, it can become an issue, right? So we don't need stress to become an issue. We actually just need to have some, some tools to be able to manage it. Now, some of our ancestors who did survive some of that big stuff that went on historically, whether they survived long enough after battles or whatever to, um, to see their offspring survive, who knows? Uh, so maybe you're like the grandchildren that they never got to meet. You're maybe in, you know related to them, so maybe they didn't pick up those biological, uh, that biological information or that genetic information that I was mentioning. Like maybe they didn't pick up the genetic history of survival tools. Who knows? 
I'm not sure, but it, it's something that I contemplate. Like if all my grandmother, you know, my grandmothers had these amazing abilities to survive wartime. My one grandmother living in Europe, like in the middle of a war, having children during World War II, being born in World War One. Uh, I believe, yeah, she was born or just before World War One or just during World War One. That's crazy survival going on. That they have all these uh, abilities to survive, and she survived well into her early 80s. So, how do how do we take information that our ancestors have learned, and how do we glean from that anything that we can use to be able to not just survive but thrive and have pleasure? We're going to add the pleasure part into it because we do come to a place of uh, that we can thrive, and to me, thriving includes pleasure as well, or maybe it doesn't, maybe thriving doesn't include pleasure for you, but it does for me. So I'm hoping that if you are listening, that pleasure is included in thrival for you as well. So we're talking about stress and the difference between stress and trauma. So like I was saying, stress triggers your fight or flight, but trauma is different in that trauma is actually an emotional response to a really stressful and damaging event. That's in our bodies, so it's an emotional response. So if you think about that, if, um, if you're really excited, your body has an emotional response to it. If you're really afraid, your body will have an emotional response to that. And usually when somebody's really excited, they might <gasps> move. Their body will actually like shift and change and move to like express the emotion, you know, if they have the capacity to, to move, you know, um, I don't want to be an ableist here, but if you have the capacity to move, the chances are you're probably going to move in a reaction to whatever this, the, um, the traumatic uh, event was, the damaging stressful event was. So your, your body responds to emotions. And sometimes what happens is our bodies have been trained to not respond. So, you know, in early, it could have happened when we were really young that we, you know, we might have been afraid of something. And instead of allowing, having, you know, somebody allow us to move through the motions of our body to like express that fear, and it might only take a second to express it and get it out. Instead, we've held back and we're, we're like creating this energetic um, dam that's holding back all this energy of all this emotion because we've either made it wrong or we've been told it's wrong and we're told that we shouldn't express these things. And our bodies also need to move um, if they have the ability to move, to release it. And the more, for me, the more I can move, the more I can um, release a lot of trauma in my body. There's a really great body of work called trauma release exercises. I'm not trained in the work, but um, I do reference it a lot. I recommend it to a lot of my clients um, and I've done it. I'm just not trained in it to teach it to you. So that work is fabulous. It actually gets your body to be triggered in a way that has you release uh, shaking that's held in the body. So the body's um, the body responds, the nervous system responds, and your body begins to shake and tremor and let the stress out. And then it gets exhausted from that, and it has a better ability to sleep and rest and heal. So 
to me, if we are allowed, if we're given permission to experience our emotional response, whether it's through physical um, and reenactment of it, or if it's uh, just the shaking, there are many different ways we can do it. Sometimes people will do also a type of uh, method of work where you walk backwards through the stress while keeping it in your mind. You can walk forwards into different realities. So having a different uh, approach to it that involves a somatic experience. So your body is moving and having a somatic experience um, while unleashing and uh, processing the, the events, the events, the traumas, uh, everything that was all those stresses is it can be immensely helpful. So what do we want to do with all of this stuff? You know, uh, like what are some, you know, I, I think one of the things too is we don't realize what some of the stresses are that are really common. Um, and some of the really common stresses are like being in poverty can be a really huge trauma, a really huge stress that can actually, the repeatedness of that stress can be highly traumatic. Um, I bring that one up particularly because uh, growing up, there was a lot of, um, I mean, we were by no means living on the street, but my mom was incredibly smart with money, is still incredibly smart with money. We were living financially below poverty, but we had food always. My mom knew how to grow food. So we always had food. She always grew enough food that we would have food stocked. And she always knew how to find the best deals from the best people. And <laughs> So even though we were living financially below poverty, um, it didn't appear that way. And so that, it didn't appear that way to many people. Many people didn't even realize who knew us that we were actually financially living below poverty because we always had clothes and all my clothes were hand-me-downs, like 99% of them. I might've gotten like new pajamas at Christmas. My underwear was always mine and my socks were generally mine. Although my grandmother knit a lot of my socks. So some of those were hand-me-downs too, as I, grew uh, grew up and I got to fit into other people's handmade socks that were just incredible. Um, so, so yeah, we never looked like we were poverty, but we were definitely living it. We had access to water um, solely because my mom made things a priority. My mom always made having uh, water, heat, and food a priority and having our shelter a priority. So she would work like two, three jobs and make sure that we had that she worked as if she was a um, single mother because she needed to work like that. She needed financially to do that at the time when she was having a house uh, in the early 1980s, her interest rate was 29.9% on interest because banks did not want to give a single mother a, um, a loan for houses. So she couldn't get a mortgage from the banks if she got a private mortgage and the private mortgages were at 29.9% that time, uh, which was kind of on par with banks, not too far off. Uh, so highly stressful to even try and pay the mortgage, highly stressful to try and pay everything else. So we lived in basically a state of poverty. Um, we were not homeless though, but I was very aware of homelessness uh, growing up because I always had this strange thing where I would go into a bathroom even at the age of five or six and I could decipher whether I could survive and live in a bathroom. If there was a spot for me to hook up electricity, 
I could get a water source that was clean and I could use a toilet. I knew I could survive. And this is coming from like a five or six year old. I could go into any bathroom in any public space or private home and I could decipher whether I could live in it. Now, that is not a normal reaction for a five or six year old. And I kind of giggle about it because every once in a while I still do it, not as often as I used to, mind you, but I sometimes I'm just sitting there going, oh, oh yeah, boom, 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 all the necessities. I could hook in a hot plate to cook food. I've got a tub to sleep in. I got a floor I could sleep in. I got a toilet to sit on, a toilet to use. I got a sink that gives me water. I'm taken care of. I could live in a bathroom. And that kind of poverty, um, that kind of poverty gets you thinking, it gets you creative, it gets you to look at how do you survive. That's not a stress that a five or six year old needs to deal with, but it is a stress that we lived with all the time and it does impact the body. So. For you guys, you might find that you have other stresses. Maybe um, you've been a caregiver for people with a chronic illness, like dementia. Maybe you've been living with a chronic illness. Maybe you've lived through a natural disaster. Maybe you've lived through war. Maybe you've lived through a life-threatening accident or many life-threatening accidents um, or been a victim of a crime. So we were also a victim of a crime. Our house was robbed when I was, I think, in grade 12 or 13. At the time, we had a grade, what was OACs, which was the equivalent of grade 13 in Canada. So, you know, or you could be working in like a super dangerous profession where your life is on the line all the time. So you might have different ones, but also things like abusive relationships, unhappy marriages, prolonged divorce stuff can also bring that in. And child custody can also be highly stressful and chronic stresses that can lead to long-term problems. So lots of different stresses. So how do we get out of this stuff? First, we have to understand how we are in it and what it is that is creating our stress. So I'm bringing some of these up to help you decipher what are your stresses? What are your traumas? What are your stresses? It's really helpful, I find, to kind of be able to know what they are. For me, I like to know what they are um, because I like to do things that are counter to them in order to relieve myself of them. Okay, so think about that for a moment while we go to break. What are your stresses? What, are, what is stressing you out right now? So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza. Every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world. 
knowing your voice matters, and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking about stresses, and we're talking about how stresses and traumas can be alleviated through pleasure. First, I wanted to really get, um, really get clear with you guys on what your stresses are and what your traumas have been, because sometimes we don't even know. Like I've, I've met people who go, I'm stressed. I'm like, okay, tell me, what is the source of your stress? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, it's really helpful if we can kind of hone down on what your stresses are, because then we can change some behaviors or patterns or environmental things that are causing the stress. So there's a lot of different things that can cause stress. Um, and there are th mainly three different kinds of stress. We've got like acute stress, which is like everybody experiences some level of acute stress. It could be like going to write an exam or something and you're feeling super stressed by it. Some people who have even um, like social anxiety can experience stress and anxiety when they are encountering other people. Or you might even have the kind of stress like where you narrowly escape an accident where you could have died. Um, my, my friend uh, and co-owner, no, my, she's not a co-owner. Why would I say that? Maybe she's going to get a partner in the world. Cool. I like it. Christine, that one's for you, co-owner. Where did that come from? Christine is the CEO right now of Inspired Choices Network, but who knows where that's going? Maybe there's a co-owner coming. Anyway, we were driving to Utah and we almost freaking died. I was the driver. Um, Christine was actually coaching at the moment when this truck drove like just, I think the driver started to fall asleep and he was driving into the side of us and we were about to go over uh, into the side lane, which was actually an overpass. We were like, we narrowly escaped death. Um, and Christine had an amazing reaction to it. Her body just like, you know, five minutes after we pulled over and her body was just like, damn, I'm done, I released. And I was like, damn, that was intense. <laughs> so yeah, those ones, those are acute stresses that um, they're great reminders. They keep my body on track now. I look for trucks every time I drive and I stay the hell away from them. So then we can also have something that's like an episodic acute stress, which is a little different. It's when you have frequent episodes of acute stress. So it's like if, if daily you were driving and every time you got on the road, a truck almost hit you, that would be like an episodic acute stress. Or if you know you have somebody calling you on a daily basis saying that they're going to kill themselves, that can be an acute stress um, as well. So you know if you're working for hotlines and you're dealing with that kind of like level of intensity, I would think that people who work um, like episodic acute stress would occur 
uh, on, uh, yeah, somebody who's maybe experiencing something like an accident almost every day. And then we've got like chronic stresses, which is to me something like oh, stress, high stress levels for like really long periods of time. So I think there was like a, um, a uh, sort of like a survey or there's research done that said that uh, air traffic controllers experience the most high level of stress so they have chronic stress it's long term and it can definitely impact your health apparently they also have one of the highest rates of suicide next to dentists i think it is but that could have all changed in the last few years because people losing their jobs would also create chronic stress if you know because chronic stress can include all those things that I mentioned before, poverty, that ongoing stress of not having money can be absolutely um, chronic stress. How do we change these things? Well, chronic stress around money is a little bit different, but if you, um, if you listen to ICN, you might have ever come across, uh, we have a woman on this, uh, on this, this channel, her name's Bronwyn, and she recently did a show about having money. Um, and she said, I think it was called, I, I can't, uh, I can't have money, I think she called it. And it's all about how people believe they can't have money. So she is a great coach on how to um, get out of that money issue as well. So if you're lo looking for something like that around poverty, she can be really helpful. For me, one of the things I do is, um, there is there are a few methods that I like, but always knowing that I have some money somewhere is always helpful. Even as a little kid, even though we were always living in pretty much like stress financially, sometimes people would give me money, like my dad's friends might give me like $2 for chocolate bars and I would never spend the money on chocolate bars because $2 was a hell of a lot of money to me. So I would have it put away until, until I had Cabbage Patch Kids and then they became my babies and my money went to clothing them because I looked after them like they were my own children, which you can imagine for my mom who was struggling to put food on the table, having me buy clothes or make clothes out of like old uh, material that I found around could have been highly stressful for my mom to uh, see me doing that when like that five dollars uh, because it was always from a lady I knew who sewed them my friend's grandma and she would sell me cabbage patch clothes for five dollars and I would save for months for that five dollars but I also know that my mom could have bought like looking back I could see how I was completely creating stress more stress for my mom I needed to buy those clothes because my babies needed clothes so, but I had so much practicality in other ways, but not in that one. And, um, I, and so, yeah, that $5 could have bought food, right? At the time, I remember being able to buy like um, juice boxes for school. We could get like six juice boxes for a dollar, right? That would have bought 30 juice boxes. That would have given us, me and my brother, like a couple weeks worth of juice boxes for school. So, yeah, that was a huge stress for me. It was so finances. Uh, that is one of my one of my uh, ongoing stresses. I would say even if I probably had five million dollars banked, um, it would be something that is maybe in me since my relatives went through the depression and wars. 
that it is like in my genetics, but I know that's changeable so that I don't have to have, and I don't definitely, I don't have the same level of beliefs as my grandparents. Um, Cause my, if I did, I wouldn't have new underwear ever. My great grandmother was so amazing at being frugal. She wore like, she would patch her underwear repeatedly. So, so um, she was not going to waste money on underwear. That was a waste. She didn't go commando either. So there you go. And, you know, so looking at your life, what are some of the stresses you've had? Because if really in order for us to shift that, we really need to know, like, have you been in abusive relationships or been unhappy in your relationship for a really long time? That is a massive stress. I was in, I was in a highly stressful relationship and in massive denial of the situation I was in for a really long time. Um, until my sweetly cute husband came along and opened my eyes and went, hey, do you realize that this person doesn't treat you very well? Um, and it was really cute. And the letter that he wrote to me about that, I still have, because it's actually the only letter that my husband ever wrote to me. <laughs> so I kept it. So abusive relationships can put you into such a state too, where you might even forget yourself or your own thoughts or your own feelings because you're under such duress all the time that you don't even know who you are anymore. You can't think and you haven't had any fun and you haven't experienced anything joyful. So I'm going to just go through a list of some of these um, with you guys so that you can kind of just give some ideas for each one so that we can look at here's a, a situation and here's something that might be helpful in order to break free from that stress yeah and sometimes getting out of a relationship the thought of that in itself is highly highly stressful so I'm not asking you to make massive dramatic changes I'm asking you to add some things to your life so that you can have your body relax more, have some of those, um, like the epinephrine that comes in, that kicks in uh, when your adrenals, or some people call it adrenaline, adrenaline, epinephrine, same thing, um, will kick in when you're under high stress. And we need to bring in some other hormones to calm your body down and feel loved. And different situations will do that. So we'll look at that more. And, so really consider for yourself, what are some of the traumas and stresses? And then you might be able to relate in this next segment, some of the ideas that I'm gonna give you to be able to start just adding something to your life. And most of the things that I'm gonna be mentioning shouldn't take you more than five to 10 minutes a day to start to add to your life so that you can start to alleviate some stress. If you really like what I'm talking about today, you can always find me on social media, or you know what, you can go over to my website, melitzajelenik.com. On it, I've got a list of classes that you can find, a link to my classes, and on there you'll find a link that you can join my Happiness Hormones Club, where I did a series this spring with my mom, who is a doctor, has a doctorate of natural medicine. And we did a series on uh, happy hormones. And um, I love the series. And I think everybody who was in it did as well. I think it's maybe $47 Canadian or something really cheap, which is like what, 30 maybe US? I don't even know, maybe not even that. So um, you can head on over to the Happiness Hormones Club while we go to this next break, join it. And then you can always enjoy uh, all the tips and tools I have in there. I have so much information on different foods, uh, different actions. So everyone has uh, uh, different, uh, different foods that will help with that, different 
uh, activities, like physical activities you can do. And then I also have in there um, different home like homeopathics, mostly Gemma therapies, because my mom and I work a lot with Gemma therapies are in there as well as um, I think we also have herbals in there too. So lots of ideas. And I do like a little bit of a biological breakdown so you can understand what's going on in your body. I love the class. I hope you guys do too. So go over to M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com to my classes page and you can sign up for that if you like. All right, we're going to head to the next commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com how wonderful would it be to carry your favorite inspired choices network host with you throughout your day well now you can inspired choices network now has its very own mobile app our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and tv episodes our shows cover a wide variety of topics whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers, all of you. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening, you probably clicked on this or you clicked in because you just love listening to The Pleasure Zone and I love you for that. Uh, you just happen to click on this because you're like, oh my God, I'm going through so much stress. I don't know what to do with myself. And I've experienced so much trauma that I am now robotic because I can't function. That happens. It can happen that you just feel like you're 
on automatic pilot and you don't even know how to function and you're just trying to get through your day and you're like, wake up, go pee, go to work, drive, drive, drive home, do work, go to bed, eat. So yeah, you can get onto automatic pilot, which is usually like your body is just trying to survive, right? And that's when we know that your, your epinephrine is probably shooting up this freaking ceiling. You are probably adrenaline overload. Um, and, and if you've listened to some of my other shows about stress, I did a show comparison between um, the difference between, there is a difference between stress and burnout. Um, so just knowing what the difference between that is today, we're discussing stress and trauma. Although a lot of the things that we can do for chronic stress and trauma are very similar because they have very similar responses in the body. So let's look at some of those chronic stressors again that uh, are you know ones that are really common so living through something like a natural or man-made disaster so for me for example in the last um, few months we've had two tornadoes rip through our area and several people i know lost either their whole houses or part of their houses and we were incredibly lucky to only lose our internet it did actually affect my livelihood um, in a way, because a lot of my work is via internet. So I had to get pretty creative, pretty fast on what to do. Um, and so I pivoted, you know, so what you do, you pivot. And so I pivoted and I looked for other ways to function and what to add to my life. Um, and sometimes it's going back to things that are familiar and sometimes it's creating different things completely. So living through a natural man-made disaster, sometimes you have to completely relocate. Sometimes the space that you're in after a man-made or natural disaster can be so traumatic. Like I would think people in Chernobyl, they had to relocate, right? So there's going to be situations where um, you need to relocate because you you cannot function to live in that space anymore. That, that would be a massive stress. So how do you deal with that? Well, if you're living in a new space that is stressful to you, it would be great to bring the energy of home into it. Uh, so what does home feel like to you? And it might be different than it felt like in the place that you were living in before the natural or man-made disaster occurred, but you can always bring in the energy of what would help you feel calm in your home. So whether it's images or colors or scents, you know, you can do a lot of things to evoke calmness with your environment. Having, um, you know, you can always work with somebody who knows a lot more about that than I do. I do it on my in my own way. When I feel stressed about something, uh, if some if something feels off in my home, I just change it. I don't really think about what color should it be. I go with what I feel. Um, so maybe for you too, you know, you could if it's if your home is funny colors that don't work for you. Like I, I had an apartment once that had really vibrant walls and it was like so loud I had I had to paint them down so they could calm down so I could actually sleep in the room because it was like intense <laughs> so uh, and then also you know chronic illness the thing about chronic illness is that I would look for and seek out as many healers as possible that could assist with chronic illness. Chronic illness is a tricky one. There's not one solution for it because there's so many um, vast number of things that fall under that category. 
But with chronic illness, I would totally encourage you to do one simple thing a day. If you have the uh, ability to move, so I'm not trying to be an ableist here, but if you have the ability to move or to get outdoors, that would be the number one thing to do is do something called earthing where you get your feet on the ground. Now, if you're chronically ill to the point where you cannot move and you're in a bed um, 24 seven, listening to some things like music that reminds you of the outdoors can be helpful. And also um, asking for your body to connect with the earth. So you can ask for that. You can ask for somebody to hold your feet and just ask for your body to connect with the earth to restore the connection that you have to the earth because you've always had a connection. We just sometimes forget and we need that connection restored. So another one could be uh, like surviving uh, an accident or an illness as well. Even though you've survived it, your body could be like, when's the other shoe gonna drop? And so it can get really um, stressful being in that as well. And I would say that for that situation, be present check your check out your surroundings am i safe check out your body where am i at right now getting into the practice of um like extreme presence would be great so there are a lot of different methods for extreme presence so different meditations on how to do that and be that uh, and i highly recommend doing any meditations uh, for when you've survived something like a long-term illness and you're waiting for the other shoe to drop or you're not sure if you're you're going to be well you know how do you stay well part of it is having your mind on track and also getting yourself into the habit of really good food nutrition is so top-notch movement nutrition and mind right we need those three things to be working well together if you have survived a long-term illness or a life-threatening illness or accident, then you're going to want to do some things that remind you that you're both alive, so you, but you don't have to do anything crazy like jumping out of a, you know, jump bungee jumping or something. You don't have to go that extreme. However, reminding yourself that you're alive can literally be putting your hands on your body and going, hi, body, how's it going? It can be that simple. Where am I? I'm here. You know, what time is it now? We forget that it's now. We don't have to go, it's 8.41. No, it's now. And then, you know, and it's still now. Oh, look, it's now. So getting into the, the energy of now is really helpful when you um, survive something long-term and your body is still in it. Just checking the reality of, am I here? You know, and sometimes it'll be uh, one of those things where you get worried about the future, right? And you're like, Oh my God, this could happen and this could happen. Yeah, like anything can happen. COVID has proved that to us. So what we can do though, is to go and look at, is it true that it's happening right now? And I love, I love the work um, of, uh, now I'm going to forget her name. She wrote Loving What Is. Anyway, I love her work and um, she, <laughs> She asks four main questions. Is it true? How do I know for certain that it's true? Without that thought, who would I be and how would I feel? And then you do a turnaround. So loving what is, whatever her name is. So sorry, I'm forgetting it off the top of my head. Um, I do love your work and I'm sorry if uh, I forgot that. So the, um, the next thing that would be coming up would be things like, I talked about about the 
uh, like when I was a teenager and we had a crime in our house that was that somebody broke into our home and stole all of our basically everything that had value and did it very um, they were very clear about what they were taking and they knew exactly where to go so there was some total suspicion around whether we knew the people because we probably did because it was very specific what they took and where they looked for things and didn't interfere with other stuff they never did catch them and they never did get any fingerprints so that made it even more weird and suspicious so we all lost a lot in that that uh theft financially uh etc just as we were getting back on track anyway that's a whole other story for another day but that um put a lot of um reminders like every time i see something that is of value to me i find a way to make sure that it's safe I like I'm paranoid about that about break-ins. Um, paranoid? No, that's not the right word. I'm super aware and super cautious, um, and use everything that I have uh, available to make sure that that wouldn't happen. Like security cameras and all that stuff. We we have it all um, for the safety and security of my mind, so that I can feel safe. So you got to do whatever it takes for you to feel safe. So if that means getting video cameras up in your home, and if you can't afford them, there are ones that you can probably buy like secondhand that are really good um, as well. We use Arlo so we can monitor our own stuff, but you can absolutely use uh, systems that are connected to other things as well. But definitely having security in place that you can see what's going on. It's helped many times since we've installed it, I have to say. It's always interesting to catch people on camera when they're trying to come onto your property. <laughs> so, hmm. so yeah, doing some things that would ensure your safety, especially um, depending on what the crimes are, but also learning martial arts. It's one of the reasons I um, got back into martial arts. I was in martial arts as a kid, but then I got back into it in my twenties because of a safety issue, because there was a crime that was committed against my body and I needed to feel safe. So lots of different things that I implemented for safety and security. And so always making a choice to do something so that you feel proactive and that you feel uh, empowered is number one. And then relaxing out of that too. So remembering to breathe, stop and check, am I safe? Deep breaths. So Dr. Ron had a show on this station um, several years ago called Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds. And he talks about a method of breathing in for four, hold for four, out for eight. So you can always check out his show. Um, but it's basically a method where you would breathe in, hold, one, two, three, four, out, five, six, seven, eight. And on that hold, you actually check and see if there's anything that's going on around that is uh, if imminent importance to look at or take care of. Like, is your house on fire? If it is, go call 911, stop listening to the show. Um, is one of his examples that he used. So stuff like that, right? So that way you can get yourself breathing. Those somatic responses to breath are incredible. Doing somatic breath work is incredible. I'm actually going to be having my cousin come on, um, who is now a somatic breath work uh, facilitator instructor. So she'll be coming on sometime in November and we'll be going through some breath work as well. So if you are, you know, if you've experienced any of that, I feel for you, I've been through it, I get it. And 
We're going to go through a few more of those after the next commercial, just so you can have some ideas of things you can do from different stress perspectives. And they should be fairly simple things you can implement. I mean, learning martial arts was a big one, but it was a choice I made one day and I just kept on going. So and installing cameras was um, a pretty quick shift for safety, feelings of safety. So lots of things that can be done pretty quickly that can be used on the regular daily basis. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we're talking about how to have more pleasure by alleviating stresses and traumas out of our bodies and out of our lives. So one of the things I feel is really important is to be able to identify what your stresses are and to be able to identify what your traumas have been in order to move past them. Because I think like every stressor to me, and this is just my hypothesis, is every stressor will have a different um, remedy to it, right? So in like in homeopathy, every every kind of situation has a different remedy and I love that and Bach flower remedies are incredibly helpful for things like stress as well that is a conversation maybe for another day but that also has uh, great there's great uh, methods of using different remedies to release stress out of the body um, that are super helpful easy to use uh, age old remedies and I love them all and I think, you know, what I'm talking about today around using things like nutrition, uh, movement, and things like meditation that are all included in my Happiness Hormones Club that you can find on my website under classes. You can go click on to my link for my um, psychic development school. And in there, there's four classes currently that I have up and available that you can join. Uh, the Happiness Hormones Club is all pre-recorded, so you can watch it in your own time. And I think it's 37 Canadian, I believe, or maybe 47 Canadian, really affordable. Four classes, has many hours of, there's hours of video, and also there's a lot of write-ups, so lots of different ways to look at the work. Um, it's accessible for anybody who has... Um, is hard of hearing or is hard of vision. So anybody can have the class. All right. So um, 
And some of the things that we talked about prior were like experiencing um, familial stresses like relationship abuse or unhappy marriages or divorces that go on forever and blah, 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 child custody issues. So some of those things can feel like they're very much out of your control or that you can't get out of an abusive relationship. Um, I know that it's possible to get out of abusive relationships. That's something I would love to talk to you in private about, though, because have some fun and interesting methods <laughs> but you can absolutely connect with me on through my website as well you can book a 15 minute for free or you can book an hour and it's uh, you can pay for the hour but you can start off with 15 minutes for free and just see um, if we're a fit and I can tell you some of the things that I've done uh, or I can also let you know what might work for you because every situation is different so what works for me might not work for you but I do know that it's possible to get out of abusive relationships because I know many people who have and they've all used different ways to do it. Uh, and they've all been successful uh, at being able to move forward in their lives. So um, one of the things I think when you are in an abusive relationship is to do a lot of work on self-love, number one, is to find things that are valuable about yourself because 99% of the time or more that you're in a, an abusive relationship, you've been convinced you're a pile of crap and you don't have the confidence to get out. So the number one thing to do is check on your value. Are you valuable? Are you valuable to you? What do you offer yourself in the world? What do you offer to the world? Who are you? What are your greatest strengths? What are your greatest weaknesses? Know yourself and be confident in who you are. I am very confident in my weaknesses. <laughs> Sometimes I question my um, strengths still, but uh, I'm pretty confident in my weaknesses. <laughs> so I know what they are. Uh, doesn't always mean that I ask for help, even though I know what they are. So part of it is then to start to learn how to ask for, uh, for help in areas where you know that you are unable to do things on your own, right? To be able to receive from people. It's great. So learning those things about yourself, journaling can be an amazing method for that. Um, and I do have some things in my happiness hormones club that are all for journaling as well that can help you move through some of that as well. Um, and I would also encourage you to like, honestly, hug a tree. Just get yourself out into a place where you're going to be able to get energy moving. Mantak Chia has this method of breathing in the energy of the tree and then you breathe it through the tree's roots and your roots and you bring it up and you circulate this energy and you create this ecstatic energy of love and connection. So you can get a real sense of connection with nobody needing anything from you. The tree needs nothing from you. You need nothing from the tree. It's just a sharing of energy. You can always look up Mantak Chia's methods. Uh, on connecting, especially with nature. And, um, and if you're curious, I do have a, a um, found a picture on the internet with a picture of Mantak Chia and the tree meditation. So if you can't find it and you'd like it, just let me know and I can get that out to you. So one of the things also for maintaining, um, uh, you know, managing stress is, I think this is gonna be one that's really hard for a lot of people is you gotta get off the caffeine folks. Bodies do not do well on caffeine. It actually stresses your adrenals out to the max. And that's going to be the note that I end on. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life.
by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.